War in Ukraine, COVID, the Biden presidency, and the elections. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Best lawn ever, guaranteed. Contact Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island today. Now, you can call them, 401-392-1025. Get a quick, easy quote. The best thing to do, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. They have a great website. It's easy, lawndoctor.com, lawndoctor.com. Then just put in your zip code. Get a quick, easy a quote. Your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Take Get part of their premium eight-service program. Early spring, spring lime, late spring, summer, Grub prevention, early fall, fall, late fall, Lawn Doctor, online at lawndoctor.com. You're listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, dePietro.com. Folks, it's Wednesday. It is June 15th. And uh, yesterday and last night, what happened at the Rhode Island State House? This is what discourages people from getting involved. Uh, they passed in, in a very sneaky way. Uh, cram through some gun legislation uh and again remember this is the party you got to remember this everything with them is the ends justifies the means it doesn't mind, mean doesn't matter to them if they go around if they don't do things the proper way the only thing that matters is the ends justifies the means this portion of the program brought to you by ron's pastry gourmet now listen they're closed but they're going to be up at federal hill starting friday night this weekend Ron's Pastry Gourmet with their delicious chocolate donuts in the Trump 2024 uh, cupcakes and donuts. Folks, Ron's Pastry Gourmet, it is true that they've closed, but they have the delicious calzones. Look for them this weekend, starting Friday night. They'll be on Federal Hill right at the Bank of America, right at the festival up there, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Let's go to, this is the Channel 12 uh, piece regarding these bills that were uh, sneakily done at the Rhode Island State House. Senate committee voting on this legislation. 12 News reporter Anita Buffoni joins us now from the State House with the details. Anita? Well, Kayla, these are the same bills that were before the House Judiciary and Full House last week that passed both respectively after a fiery debate with lawmakers, and it's expected to be just as spirited today at the 3.30 committee hearing. Now, here are some of the details on the bills. Right. Uh, so this bills is actually, that's actually the, that's actually the older story they had up. I thought they had uh, the more current story that it was, it was very rowdy and it left a lot of people upset, and the fact of the matter is it was deadlocked in committee, and instead they pulled a maneuver. All right, we'll go to Channel 10 and see. I think they have the uh, the real story here. I apologize, folks. Um, but this is what happened at the Rhode Island State House regarding these gun bills. It was the magazine capacity was deadlocked, and then it, it made its state. They, they pulled a sneaking maneuver to get it to the House floor. State House and reform bills taken up by the Senate tonight, some passing in just a matter of minutes. The Senate did pass the House version of the bill that bans high-capacity magazines. I'm Dan Jane. And I'm Patrice Wood. It's one of three bills that lawmakers passed late tonight. And the night team's Molly Levine joins us live from the State House with details. Molly? Patrice and Dan, the full Senate met for hours tonight, and after a very long debate, the Senate passed the House's version of the bill 25 to 11. Packed state house as lawmakers vote on a set of controversial gun control bills. One that would raise the minimum age for buying guns from 18 to 21. Another that would prohibit loaded shotguns and rifles from being carried in public. And a third that would ban magazines that hold more than 10 rounds. These individuals were here to see the vote. But that vote not easily determined. The Senate's version of the bill banning high capacity magazines tied 6-6 in the Judiciary Committee, meaning it initially failed and wouldn't have moved forward. However, they then voted to send the House version of the bill by Representative Justine Caldwell to the full Senate floor for a vote, something that didn't sit right with some senators and Second Amendment supporters. We have representation in this building for a reason, and the senators represent their people. What they did was just circumvent and, again, pervert the process. People should be very upset about that. 
Some argued that the bill banning high-capacity magazines would turn law-abiding citizens into criminals without a grandfather clause. I would respectfully point out to the body that we change our laws. We do that when our laws are bad and are no longer serving us. It used to be legal to own other human beings. Senators introduced several other amendments, but they were all voted down. I think it's insulting uh, um, as well from the sponsor to kind of share tears and remorse and uh. then introduce an amendment to gut the piece of legislation that's in front of us and to water it down. Uh. Um, it is not our emotions. It is not our tears. It Can't is not wait our, till she's our, out of our here. sorries and thoughts and prayers. It's our actions that matter. Uh. That's that Cynthia Mendez. Bills also just passed in the Senate 31 to 5. Now, all three bills are going to be sent to Governor McKee's desk, where he's indicated that he's going to sign them. Live in Providence, Molly Levine, NBC 10 News. Now, folks, someone that could have voted in this, um, that was that Cynthia Mendez. I can't wait till she's not going to be elected. She's not going to win the primary for lieutenant governor, and she's finally going to be off the landscape, at least as, as an elected official. She's still a, a state senator. She's with the matt brown progressive co-op collaborative but someone that could have voted is outgoing senator republican dennis algier now where this is really disgraceful is he could have voted he chose not to he could have voted in that committee it would have been defeated in the committee now it's my understanding the fact that it was deadlocked allowed them to then circumvent and and introduce the house bill but where they pulled a fast one is, you know, they set up their committee process and they have Senate bills. And then that limiting the magazine capacity did not make it out of the committee. Uh, but but Dennis Algier, who could have, it's my understanding, he could have voted. And he's not even up for re-election. He could have voted and it would have defeated the measure. Would have defeated it. Instead, it was deadlocked. Now, we'll try to get confirmation on that. You know, I, I've never, to me, you wanted to, there's a rhino, and then there's Dennis, Senator Dennis Algier. Um, he is down along Charlestown, Westerly, uh, Republican. I, I, I can't name for you anything he's done of any consequence that has helped the Republican Party. And, and even, you know, there it is at the very end. He could have at least used his vote to defeat it. And instead, they he didn't vote, so then it was just deadlocked in the Senate Judiciary Committee. But no, they, they pulled a fast one. But I want you to understand that. You know, if they're willing to do that, does anyone really trust them to run an election? Does anyone look at, what, look at the what's just happened in the past month? They lied about the census in order to, why? They had to lie in order to hold on to that Langevin congressional seat. Is there anyone that actually thinks that they are going to do anything or do the right thing when it comes to the election? Again, not when you have that mindset of this is what we needed to do. The ends justify the means. I think it's it's really disgraceful. And more importantly, this legislation, it's not going to do anything to curb gun violence. Um, this, this is all just done because they have the votes, because it is Democrat controlled. Now, this is also this should be a call out the window is closing there's about two weeks left if someone wants to run for office a lot of those people that pulled this maneuver as i mentioned they're they're running unopposed it's disgraceful something needs to be done people need to get into the game but this is where you know where's the republican party where's the republican party saying what districts they need people it's such a day late and a dollar short. And I was also, you know, there were some people that started to celebrate yesterday uh, prematurely when it was deadlocked in the committee. And you, they were thinking, okay, well, it's not going to make it out of committee. And then they, they pull a different maneuver in order to get it to the Senate floor. That easily but it could have been prevented. Now it goes to Governor McKee's desk. He's more than willing to sign it. Folks, the progressives are dictating things in this state. But I want to once again call on the Republican Party. His, you know, Chairwoman Susie Yankee, they've got to get in the game here. They have to make it clear and put it out and do a full PR effort that there are certain regions. Do you understand a lot of these people are going to run unopposed? They're already, there's really no need to even have an election. 
they're going to be reelected. Unless they have an opponent, there's no one else to vote for. And they do have their supporters. You have to give voters a choice. You, they have to, the Republican Party, Chairwoman Susie Yankee, her main objective should be to get candidates. What is taking so long? Where are the candidates? Put it out there of regions that you need people. I don't understand why they're waiting like this. A lot of those people that were voting in the, the Senate Judiciary and then also in the Senate yesterday, that's Cynthia Mendez. She's running for lieutenant governor. So that's an open seat granted in East Providence. I don't, I'm, and I'm not in, entirely sure, but there's many people, Democrats at the Rhode Island State House, running unopposed. You need to make an effort. I don't know if the priorities are in fully in order in the Rhode Island Republican Party uh, because it comes down to you need candidates. And I recognize, you know, they want to have someone who's running for governor. But, you know, it's my understanding that Secretary of State candidate was basically, you know, he's good to do it. But it's it's along the lines of, listen, if you don't have anyone, I'll be the standard bearer. That's that's not playing to win. There are so many wholesale changes that need to happen. But if, if you're not, you know, people realize, hey, this isn't a democracy. This is not how it should work. How do they pull a maneuver like that? Why are they allowed to get away with this stuff? Um, it is ridiculous in, in that fashion. Of course, it should not be allowed to go on. Absolutely not. Of course not. But something, where's the breaking point here? Where does this start to change? Where do, you know, and, and I know the Republican Party, there's, there's a number of different priorities that they have. But a, as I've been saying, I would think the number one priority is you've got to, you have to find and encourage, and I know they've done candidate school, you need to get people to run for office. In local office, you know, obviously that state house needs, I, folks, I, I, someone asked me, I, I don't know if when, when's the last time the state was in such bad shape. There's no leadership at all. Everything is reactionary. All they do is they react to the progressives. The progressives have way too much power in the state. Providence, Pawtucket, Central Falls, they are controlling the entire state, and it should not be that way because their priorities are totally out of touch with what the most of the people that live outside of those areas. It's really Providence and Pawtucket. Providence, Pawtucket, they're controlling the state. They're setting the narrative, and most people don't even live like that. But these, these gun laws, they're not going to do anything for school safety. They're not going to do anything for school safety. First of all, we, we, we do have a lot of gun laws. But you also, you know, you, you have liberal judges on the benches that then set a lot of these criminals free. The laws that they passed and they are passed, and of course, Governor McKee can't wait to pass them because then this kind of, he feels, inoculates himself against the progressives. But just let's not kid ourselves. They're not going to do anything to help school safety. This is all about just feel-good legislation. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by PR Landscape Materials and Garden Center. Stop it and see them. Rhode Island's number one garden center. They're a full-scale nursery. Everything available right now, annuals, perennials, trees and shrubs, hanging pots, 10-inch, 12-inch moss baskets, hanging impatience, Large selection, beautiful patio pots, vegetable plants and herbs, tropical mandevillas and hibiscus plants, screen, loom, mulch, all available, pickup and delivery, mulches, dark, piney, black, hemlock, crushed stone, full-scale nursery, Father's Day is coming up this weekend, everything you need to make your home a showstopper, gift certificates are available, look for them on Facebook, Rhode Island's number one garden center, they're calling your name, it's PR landscape materials in garden center the state is in desperate need of some real leadership and the maneuver they pulled last night at the state house on the second amendment um uh, group in volunteers and members it's that that's not how you that's not democracy that this is the ends justify the means we're going to pull any trick that we need to you know you set it up that it's all about this uh, committee hearing and then when the committee hearing doesn't go the way they like it they pull a fast one and then they sit instead take the house bill and send that to the senate floor 
if that's the case, why do you even have a state a, a state Senate and also the House of Representatives? Then why not just have one body if you're just going to send the other's legislation to the floor? I also come back, you know, if this is not a wake-up call to the Rhode Island Republican Party and some of the officials involved and that that outgoing state Senator Dennis Algier, he had a chance to at least that it would have been defeated in committee. Instead, it was deadlocked. Normally, if it's deadlocked, it doesn't get out of committee, but then they just took the House version and they threw that to the Senate floor. I think, it, again, I think it also raises the question, why do you even need the Senate? We don't need that. We know why. It's just jobs and it's just a big money machine up there. I mean, it. I don't remember the last time the state was this broken. This happens when there's too much money floating around uh, and there's been so much COVID money. Again, it's not their money. It's our money. It's your money. It's taxpayer money, but they just uh, throw it around. And I'm not sure what the answer is either because uh, Biden is certainly not the solution. But on a local level, um, we just don't have the leadership. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Time means grill time. And for the best grill, get a new grill. Stop in and see my friends. J's Broadway Appliance and TV. J apostrophe S Broadway Appliance and TV. Located 47 Cedar Swamp Road. That's Route 5 Smithfield. You can call them 401-949-7800. Springtime, summer, this is the best time to grill outside. They have a great selection on grills. They also have a great selection on all appliances. Family-run business since 1963. Remember, you're going to deal directly with the owner, and they will match or beat any package deal when it comes to appliances. Do you need a new refrigerator? How about a new dishwasher, washing machine, dryer, oven, microwave? Jay's Broadway Appliance. Look for them online at jsappliance.com. Also on Facebook, springtime, summer is grill time. Stop in and see them. They're open Monday through Friday from 10 to 5. You can make an appointment for more personal Saturday and Sunday appointments. Jay's Broadway Appliance and TV, 401-949-7800. Better yet, drive in and see them. 47 Cedar Swamp Road, Route 5 in Smithfield. You are listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining right now, he is the columnist with the Boston Globe, uh, mainly covering Rhode Island, but various other things. It is uh, our friend Dan McGowan. And boy, Dan, yesterday, that was uh, one for the books as far as uh, a, a procedural move you normally don't see. Some people started to rejoice a little too early with the Second Amendment community based on what happened in the Senate. But at the end of the day, uh, Senate Ruggiero, uh, Senate president, he certainly seemed, you know, destined on a mission to make this happen regarding this, this gun, these gun bills. Yeah, I feel like when I, if I've learned anything in you know, all my years covering kind of government, there's always a way out when, yep. the, when the leadership doesn't get what it wants. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you, you hear about the sanctity of committees and, you know, going through the process, but there's always loopholes and ways to get around it. And, uh, you know, you, you kind of just hit the nail on the head. You know, I think yesterday when that large capacity magazine bill, um, you know, failed in committee because it was tied uh, six, six, there was a lot of folks who started to think, Oh my God, this is, you know, it's th- this, there's, this is a win for the second amendment um, advocates, but the, um, there was the 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 committee or the the Senate president and behind the scenes there was lots of talk right away that there were ways to get around this, um, and what they did essentially was they moved the bill from the House to directly to the Senate floor. Um, it's an interesting procedure because here's the thing, you know, this is one of those issues where today or yesterday it worked out for you know the Democrats, the progress, many of the progressives. But, you know, can you imagine if this worked a different way, you know, down the line on something that the progressives held very near and dear to their hearts uh, and they lost on this? And so, you know, I think you're going to have a lot of that sort of um, conversation happening. But bottom line is, look, in both chambers, the House last week and the Senate this this week, you know, you did have pretty overwhelming support for those three 
um, gun bills, the large capacity magazines, uh, the raising the age to 21, and then that kind of ban on the long guns in public. Um, the one we didn't see is one you and I had been talking about for a while, which is the ban uh, straight up on assault rifles. That one uh, did not make it to a vote. Uh, and so you got to imagine that that's going to be something that you're going to hear, uh, you know, the advocates fighting for next year. But they you know, it'd be hard to say that they didn't get some wins this session following, you know, the massacre in Uvalde. Dan McGowan, um, Senate President uh, Dominic Ruggiero, that, that was an interesting win yesterday because I initially thought, OK, this gives him cover because he's been, you know, he's got a pretty good great, I believe, mm-hmm. rating from the NRA, didn't seemingly su- supportive. It, I initially thought, okay, this is a way where he can say, hey, that's just what happened. It wasn't my doing. Um, h- how much do you think the challenger he has in his September primary plays into what happened yesterday? Oh, it's a, it's a huge factor. And I, it's not necessarily the fear that he's going to get beat, um, you know, period. I think look, the way they've redrawn his district there's no more providence in it. Um, you know, he's a he's a pretty heavy favorite to win re-election. <clears throat> but the the thing here is they thought they had a pretty clean victory that they could point to. And when I say they, I mean Dominic Ruggiero, Mike McCaffrey, Mary Ellen Goodwin, right? The leadership in the Senate thought, boy, you know, we, we always hold these things back. We're doing something good. We're going to be able to go out to the voters, you know, our, our more liberal voters. Uh, you know, and and say, look, we got a clean win here, and then you know you, you have a situation where if if they don't push that magazine bill directly to the floor, all of it would be for nothing, right? Because what you would have had was all the progressives. You'd have had really angry people within the chamber. Uh, gives you more of a reason to you know speak out against your leadership. That you know creates a conversation. Um, on the doors when you're knocking doors and suddenly it's not that you hey we passed two out of three of these you know bills it's you you know the the committees that you created kind of screwed this up or or, you know again in the eyes of of democratic voters particularly liberal voters i think there was there's definitely electoral you know pressure here that's why this all happened um but, uh, you know, again, we should just be careful because I, I don't think Dominic Ruggiero, you know, is a significant threat to lose. But is he a threat to potentially, you know, to lose his power in the Senate? Absolutely. There is absolutely that. Right. If you elect a, you know, a couple more progressives, you could see, um, you know, significant change in the leadership there. And so, you know, he I think both he and McCaffrey wanted to make sure they got these things done. That type of folks, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. But I want to just touch on, though, you know, you made a good point earlier. You know, yesterday they liked it. But do you think, Dan McGowan, there were the people, if you, if you just got to remove the issue a, a little bit, there, there were the people that took the time to go there, and they understand how the process is supposed to work. Okay, it was deadlocked in committee, even though I have no idea why Dennis Algier didn't vote. Right. Or if that, I don't know if that, especially he's leaving, um, I mean, I've never really been a fan of his, and yesterday he confirmed it for me why, but um, I don't know if it would have impacted a bit loss in committee compared to deadlock, but I'm just talking about the people you know. It's not easy to get up there. You park, yeah. you go in, you're told almost like kind of here's how the game is played if it doesn't get out of committee, and then suddenly they pull this move, and they, they move it ahead a different way. I, I You know, I don't like the phrase, is this good for democracy, but – it, it certainly has the feel of, you know, they pull an underhanded move, so to speak. I know that they say it's within the rules, but I, I'm not convinced that 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 is the, the best way to treat people that are, you know, trying to be engaged in government, regardless of what the issue is. But then you kind of pull one out. I, I think it just leaves a really bad taste with people of how. Rhode Island government operates. Well, it, it confirms what yeah. a lot of people sort of either want to believe or, you know, believe because they have the experience in it, which is that you can kind of change the rules as they go. Yeah. Now, again, it, is it totally, you know, is it within the, uh, you know, the, the realms to, to, you know, make these kind of, uh, you know, uh, procedural changes? Yeah. The, the, you know, this wasn't illegal, right? It was, there was no crime right. committed here or anything like that. But, 
is it above board? It, you know, it, I, I think it, it raises a lot of questions. I mean, again, point go back to, you know, if this were, a, you know, some sort of different issue, um, you know, you could ha- you could easily see this play out a very different way where progressives come up, um, you know, as, yes. as kind of the, the loser here. Um, and you know that you'd, you'd be screaming about process. So, you know, I remember that. Don't forget the the chief of staff to uh, uh, Dominic Ruggiero is a young guy named Jake Basilian. He's a he's a smart attorney. Yeah. Uh, when he worked in Providence City Hall, he used to, he was the chief of staff of the Providence City Council. He helped craft a move that uh, at the time was very controversial. They the because the uh, city council you know didn't like the the mayor uh, Mayor Tavares's budget. They essentially basically created a new committee and created a committee that would be favorable to uh, to the budget as they wanted it, and it you know it wiped out it caused the falling out of John Igliosi and Michael Solomon years ago. It was a big deal at the time. So you know this is a guy who understands you know how the process can work, but again in that moment that was considered very sleazy. I remember the coverage at the time. There were columns in the journal and editorials. People were very upset. So again, in this case, it works out for, you know, what we would probably perceive to be the majority. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I do feel for people who go up there, like you said, you go up there, right. you know, you're very passionate about this issue and you do, you don't understand how this happened. You think you got a victory. Um, you know, this isn't something that they teach in school, right? This is, this is not, uh, you, no one would know this unless they really deeply understood kind of the rules of the Senate and Robert's rules of order. It's very in the weeds. Uh, and so, yeah, I do feel for, for people here. And again, it, it becomes a little bit dangerous because, you know, you can always play this game um, if it doesn't go the way the leader, if a vote doesn't go the way the leadership likes. Yes. Folks, uh, Quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, Boston Globe, right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe. And uh, Dan McGowan, it was a big week. Uh, the Globe, folks, has had uh, Amanda Milkovitz's work on the Naked Fat Test coach on North Kingstown has been fantastic. Um, boy, there, there is a real problem in North Kingstown because you also, the Globe has a story of of, uh, you know, kids complaining about mental health. Uh, you, you, you watch how, I don't know how else to describe that, other than a, a problem arises, it's not dealt with. It, it may have been like, just like a, sm- a, a small brush fire. And I think it's an example of how this thing just burst into a, a raging inferno. I mean, going forward now, everyone will remember the naked fat test in North Kingstown. It is, uh, it, it seemingly is getting worse in, I hear your former colleagues at Channel 12 are about to show us and demonstrate that it even goes beyond the pale of what we've learned so far. Yeah, well, there's lots of rumors about, you know, further stories to come. And and I think, like you said, look, this kind of reminds me how it's a smaller version, obviously. And, you know, nobody's been charged yet with a crime, but, you know, it, it reminds me of, you know, roughly 20 years ago when, you know, the Globe, long before I worked there, was covering, you know, what was going on in the Catholic Church. And, you know, it it ends up being, you know, really, I mean, it it, kind of changed the way people thought about their religion, right? Um, Literally changed the the world in 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 many ways. Um, And, you know, and, and again, this is much smaller than that, but in a community that historically has been considered well-run, the schools are good, it's a nice place to live, right? Yep. You, now you've got this, this you know, Amanda's story, uh, I think it's in today's paper, even, it's almost even more powerful than the report that came out earlier in the week because you've got all these teachers saying, look, I'm so stressed out. You know, I need, I, I've got mental health problems. You've got kids kind of very upset about everything that's going on. I mean, you are this is the only thing that's being talked about in that community and um you know there's no end in sight for it you know it's damaged now it's gonna you know it's gonna damage a generation of i think young people but again it's gonna be something you're gonna hear forever in that community so um you know boy they they could really use kind of a shot in the arm some terrible thing to say you almost wish you could move the that you know, Pawtucket soccer stadium there, give people something to get excited about or something. Yeah. It, this is, uh, 
really damaging to a, a special community in this state. Um, things really change with NK when they got the new high school because uh, a lot of those athletes used to, you know, go to Bishop Hendrick and That's go right. to different schools, and their sports program really turned around with with the new school. I'm just wondering, Demagowan. You know, I was there the night they voted to have Judge McGurl pick this up. Um, again, folks, Amanda Milkovitz, her work on this story at the Boston Globe, she's broken uh, a lot of different parts of this. Um, I mean, the story, it, it seemingly is getting worse. I'm just wondering if there's anything that jumps out at you because, you know, I said at the time and and there was um, some pushback on it. And, and initially it seemed the council and the superintendent, they weren't sure how to react to this. But the, the thing that really stands out to me is the predatory nature of of how it, it was done. This was someone, you know, I, I, I still don't know, like everyone else, what to make of this guy, but it was he he certainly was on a mission and there was there was like a, a a path and there was a method he was using and who he was looking for in in trying to do these naked fat tests yeah the eeriest thing right and eerie i think is probably the proper word for it is is how calculated it all yes. was, right yes. uh you know there was it's almost like a you know weird because it stays in the sports realm it's like there was a playbook for it yes um and i think that is it's eerie it's disturbing um and i think you know this is one of those those things not not to you know be overly rah-rah cheerleader about journalism but you know the thing that i think amanda has consistently reported that the guys at channel 12 have done as well is sort of how much of an open secret this was um and and how kind of you know people in some cases i think a lot of players or former athletes kind of would probably sit at a bar at night and joke about it and say that was weird um it it was you know it, it went from that to people realizing oh my god this was completely inappropriate at the very least was wildly inappropriate and almost certainly you know much worse than just inappropriate um and i think that's been the the thing and and i will say credit to you kind of you just hit on this and it's important you know for for a while there it was a mess with what the school board was doing and what you know the council didn't quite know how to act i mean i think credit to the council there for for hiring you know the, a respected judge yeah. to take a look at this yeah um because it, it it really validates i think it validates a lot of the reporting it validates a lot of the claims that that were made um i think they did a really good job here to you know to tell a damaging story i mean this is an easier thing in a smaller community it's an easier uh a thing to cover up to make go away uh, to hope that the spotlight stays away from you, um, you know, hope it's a one day or a one month story. I mean, you and I were talking about this months ago, though. You know, this is going to play all the way into the elections. You already see, you know, folks lining up for school board there and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's going to have a lot, you know, an impact long beyond, you know, the next couple of months. And Dan McGowan, folks, as we've talked about, Dan McGowan, and uh, I enjoy following his kind of just quips and reporting about. Uh, your little league team in coaching. Um, and I thought that was really insightful. You, you told the story that one time a parent was late. It was, it was raining. And even then there, there's a hesitation. They, you know, and I've talked about when I coach basketball and soccer, the, 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 the rules and the guidance they put forth when you go through these classes, they're done to design to, to protect the, the adult, the coach. Yes. And, and instead, the more you, you hear and learn about this, and, you know, initially, it, I, I just really feel for the, for the young men, because I remember when it first started to break, and I was having a conversation with one of the council people, I think, outside of the North Kingstown High School, and I said, you know, that's, it's a confusing time for, for young men, and, and, you know, a lot of times, I don't think you understand the burden of if you're in ninth grade and kids start joking that you're gay and and her reaction was and what would be wrong with that and i i said you're, you're taking this the wrong way yeah. you don't understand the mindset of a, of a young 14 15 year old boy that there would be a lot wrong with that with well, that in, right go in, ahead in two two ends of that john because right there's two factors there Number one is you're absolutely right. And, and look, it, you know, we should be a tolerant society, all those things, but you're absolutely right. Thinking in the head of a 14 year old boy 
where you know people start to gossip about you, especially especially if you don't quite know you know exactly like you know where you are in the world and you know where your mind is at that point, that kind of stuff. So that's you know side A of the coin, but just as much side B of the coin or the other side is you're in the ninth grade and you all you want in your life is to make that basketball team, right? right? And you will do whatever it takes. Look, you and I played sports growing up. I yeah. grew up. I grew up in a heavily, you know, a, a, a community that was very crazy about sports. I would have done just about anything to make the high school baseball team, you know. Yeah. And and I and think, he knew that. The yeah, coach knew that. And the and I think I think that's right. And this is where like this is where that predatory nature comes in. The coaches do know that, right? The, all coaches know that. They know right. how much this stuff means. Now, the, the average coach means how hard are you going to work? How hard, you know, what are you going to do for the team? That kind of thing. But unfortunately, it does leave it open. And you mentioned, you know, the because uh, I, I have talked about this, you know, the the effort that certainly I go to as a not as a, someone who doesn't have children but coaches sports, I take. I think it's so serious to make sure my kids are safe, but that I will never ever be in a position where anyone could even consider that, that I would have done anything to any kid. And you're right. I mean, remember that, that example is, is, you know, it was pouring rain outside and I had a kid waiting for mom. And I said, get in my car. I'm going to sit in the rain outside of the car uh, because I don't want anyone to ever make any sort of claim. Uh, That's what you do when you're a coach. And and when you're a credible coach who, you know, has the best interest of kids and also wants to, you know, protect yourself. Um, and, and unfortunately, there are too many of these situations where it's a lot easier or it's, it's very easy if you are that kind of person, a predator, um, you can take advantage of kids. It doesn't matter if they're in the, in the ninth grade or if they're seven or eight years old. Folks, quick break. Much more ahead. Dan McGowan, columnist of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro Show. We're speaking with the next time you have an emergency head straight to AtMed Urgent Care. Two locations, 1524 Atwood Avenue, Suite 122 in Johnston, or East Greenwich 5750 Post Road. AtMed Urgent Care, urgent health care facility providing comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals, families, specializing in ambulatory medicine, diagnostic treatment service, AtMed Urgent Care. They provide immunization, school, sports physicals. They're a cost-efficient healthcare alternative to hospital-based emergencies. They're open seven days a week, walk-in routine urgent care, minor surgical, orthopedic and trauma, work-related injuries, physical exams, drug testing, full laboratory services, and with AtMed Urgent Care, they offer mononuclear antibody infusions you someone in your family suffering from covid you want to go straight to atmed urgent care two locations johnston 1524 atwood avenue suite 122 or east greenwich 5750 post road online at atmedurgentcare.net dan mcgowan columnist of the boston globe uh there is a story in today's boston globe this Pawtucket soccer stadium uh, I, I think this is a really interesting story, Dan McGowan, especially, number one, you have Stephen Pryor, who's now, you know, candidate for general treasurer, but still in his job. Uh, Governor McKee trying to balance this stadium in Pawtucket with his pal uh, Don Gravian. He's, you know, trying to win this primary in September. But the problem is <laughs> this thing has all the makings of a potential money pit where they want more money and because of what's going on with inflation and supply chain. Um, really interesting story about th- this is this is a tough one. This is a not an easy one with this, this Tidewater project. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> even before you get to the Tidewater project, let's be clear about how unusual and how quite frankly inappropriate it is yeah. that the the commerce secretary who is openly running for state treasurer uh is continuing on in his in his state job 
in this way. You know, look, I, I, I covered Providence for a lot of years. You cannot be an employee of the mayor's and then go run for city council. You have right. to step down. Yep. Um, and so, you know, it is it, it's it's really inappropriate. It's, it's 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 especially so when it you know it comes to you know big financial projects, ones that you, you can bet you're gonna you know he, you're gonna hear him take credit for. Uh, the minute that he, you know, uh, officially steps away. So, you know, I think that's something that hasn't got a lot of attention. I think sometimes it's because Stephen Pryor is somebody who is really accessible to the media. And I think people don't want to be, you know, uh, they don't want to be mean to him, but it's totally inappropriate. It's wrong. It shouldn't happen. He should have already stepped away officially from that job. So that's that. The other thing, though, you're right. And you and I talked about this last week about how much, you know, this project is now increasing in costs, what it means down the line for that Superman building project, um, you know, and you're, you're starting to get into a really interesting conversation now in Pawtucket because what you're seeing is, you know, the, the way to justify this soccer stadium uh, a year ago or two years ago was to say, no, 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 look at everything that's going to get built around it, right? right. You're going to have the train station at some point. You're going to have you know, restaurants and all these other things. Uh, and now you're hearing, well, you know, we're going to move money around and, you know, we'll focus on the stadium and, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure out the rest later and that kind of conversation. Look, if, if the Pawtucket, you do not want another situation like what McCoy stadium has been for a really long time, which is you go in, you, you know, when the Paw Sox were there, you go to the. Propane plus for heating and cooling call propane plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359 in Rhode Island propane plus number 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's propane plus the leading full service provider of propane, to Rhode Island in southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system, and install any propane or natural gas appliances. Locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com, Propane Plus heating and cooling in massachusetts call the rehoboth office 508-252-3359 and in rhode island 401-885-4209 you can depend on propane plus again we're speaking with dan mcgowan minor um technical problem dan mcgowan i'll just say this though we're we're um i think they're going to run into problems with this unionization especially seven stars i know the starbucks thing has been more across the country but I just know, I don't think they fully realize how difficult it can be of, you know, uh, Sally, who does the register, uh, you know, is suddenly asked to do, can you help out with this? Because Jim called out sick and then Sally's like, oh, no, 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 I'm, I'm this type of worker. And then you have to, I mean, I know when, when Governor Kachiri took over the registry of motor vehicles, they, they started to uncover some of the problems where, Someone calls out sick and they say to someone that does licenses, we need you over here. And they say, oh, no, no, no. I just do car registrations. You have to call from from this. And these are people standing next to each other. Um, I, I just think in a fast paced environment like, you know, what Seven Stars has and they've had a really successful, especially, you know, the Hope Street one. I, I, I don't know. There's a lot of competition out there and. And suddenly you, you have in other similar operations, kind of like an all hands on deck. Like, I know you normally do this, but we need you to do that. Yeah, and- this is the this is that old, uh, you use the Kachiri story. This is the story in Providence with DPW workers that, you know, one says, um, oh, no, it's not my job to fill the pothole. It's my job to watch the other guy fill the pothole. Yes, I'm telling uh, you. And these things do, yeah, that's a very real, you know, factor here. I will say, I think employees at this moment have a lot of leverage over yep. management because of the worker shortage and things like that. Um, 
you know, again, this is going to come down to, I think you're going to see, I think you will see, this is a trend that you will see more of. And some local businesses, I think will embrace it because they, you know, they tend to have younger ownership and they tend to be a little bit more liberal. Um, but I think in, in places like a coffee shop, and I don't know how these, the, this ownership group is going to kind of fall down on that. Um, I, I do know the owners fairly well and they run a great you know shop there and the employees do seem relatively happy um, but you know, when, when margins are pretty thin, um, it's, it's really hard to, to, to do this kind of thing and make sure it works for, you know, for both the employees and and the ownership, the easiest thing in the world for the ownership to say, especially I, because again, I intimately know the, the, uh, seven stars folks, they could just walk away right there. This is not, they've made their money in life. They're older couple, you know, this is a, that uh, this is an investment they made and they like it and they enjoy it, but they don't need it. Um, and so, you know, you will have, I think you probably, if this trend continues, and so, like I said, in some cases folks will embrace it and in other cases you'll see businesses close. Yeah. There's, you know, all those tech companies on the West coast, I mean, they, they, the unions try to get in there, but the, they treat their employees well and, yep. and they just don't have the appetite for it. I, I don't think it's the, I, I think this is really problematic. And again, it just starts to become, I know if you're working at, at, at a seven stars or a Starbucks, you're like, oh boy, this is fantastic. But the, the overall, you know, productivity of the company and the viability of the company certainly becomes an issue when you're paying so much more out. Yep. Now, folks, we, we also mentioned, there's also a, a great piece in the Globe by Beth Tidell today about, you know, just being a Bostonian and should get rid of it. And a lot of the Celtics fans have been, challenged about it in um, of just behavior of, of people in Boston. Dan McGowan, one more thing I just wanted to mention. Since you wrote about, boy, where's the, the spirit in, in the, um, you know, in both kind of the, the race for mayor of Providence and also the governor's race, any other feedback on that? Because, I, you know, I wanted to share with you, I think the reason why we're not seeing, and I've kind of talked about this, but Governor McKee and Nellie Gobey and, and South Magazine, why we haven't seen them up on television is I believe with these new voting regulations laws that they just passed and Governor McKee signed, which I think it was a mistake, was I, I just believe their entire operation has moved to a ground game. So if you have one hundred thousand dollars, you know, you, yeah, you could run some ads on TV or you you could pay people to go around and collect ballots. And that's guaranteed. Right. If you pay a group of people, here's this X amount of money and I'm going to pay you to go collect five to ten thousand votes. I, I, I don't know if I'd I'd want to hope that someone sees your commercial and then hope that on Election Day and primary day, they get in their vehicle and go and vote for you when it's I think it starts to become all about ground game in ballot harvesting and much less about someone saying, hey. I just saw that commercial. That seems like an interesting candidate. Maybe I'll go and vote for that person in the primary. You know, I hadn't given that that much thought. I would say, uh, but but it, it's actually it's it's got my mind spinning now because I think you're I think you're hitting on something that's you know that that is probably true. And in fact, I think a lot of the you know Democratic campaign. Uh, operatives would agree with you, they would phrase it differently, right? They would say, we've always said that the field game is the best way to go and that you're wasting all your money if you're obsessed with signs or you're obsessed with, you know, television commercials. I think it's especially true, though, in that governor's race, uh, when you have, you know, a, a race where, you know, you're going to, certainly Nellie Gorbea is going to, you know, get, a, a let's say, tw- you know, at least 20% of the vote. Dan McKee is going to get at least 20% of the vote. We assume yeah. that Helena Fox will, some, will be somewhere in that range. We know Matt Brown's going to work really hard on this. That means you're fighting really hard for a very small percentage of the electorate. And that's where, you're, you've nailed it. The ground game, the mail ballots, the, you know, the strategies in, in the cities to turn out the vote is significantly more important, uh, you know, than, you know, running kind of your traditional strategy of just, uh, you know, I, I'm just going to get I'm just going to swamp the airwaves and, and sort of buy the election. So I think you're right. I think that is a, a real thing. I will say the, the reaction uh, that I that I've got 
continues to be to that column, boy, you should, you know, you should just write the same thing about the governor's race because they aren't doing, you know, really anything. I continue to be struck by, you know, the idea that you know, we accept in it. In Channel 12's polling, you know, confirmed that yep. uh, that ne- that you know Nelly Gorbea is right there. I mean, she goes weeks at a time without being anywhere Nothing. in public. Yep. You know, zero. Um, and I, but you know, what is she doing? She's you know she's locking up endorsements. She's doing all those things that you're talking about. The you know getting the the you know the field operation done um you you know i I do think you will still see lots of you know folks in the airwaves i think it'll be a really interesting and on september 14th you know that'll be a wednesday you and i will be talking right after the primary and we'll really know you know what won was it the you know the field game and sort of turning out the vote or was it you know helena folks spending two million dollars on air We'll, we'll be able to tell that answer that day I think, you know, the Celtics game the other night, that was a perfect opportunity. You'd think you'd see, you know, hi, I'm Governor Dan McKee or hi, I'm Seth Magazina. The only one is that and I I don't even like it, is that commercial Ashley Kalis is still in the boxing ring. And to to me, it seemed I I thought it was, you know, someone I was with thought it was an ad for the heavy hitter. Um, (laughs) It it just is. There's nothing about that. I I, I don't know what to make of that, but it just kind of plays to. You have one hundred thousand to spend. Um, if if you put it on the street and you pay people to literally go and collect votes, because we're we're the outlier in Massachusetts and Connecticut, it's a limit I believe of ten. Rhode Island, if you pay me, I can go and collect five thousand votes for you or six thousand votes for you. And um, I, I just think you know it's one hundred thousand. As much as you put it on television, yes, it could work. But it's guaranteed if you pay people to go and collect the ballots. Folks, you, um, you, you hear us uh, talk about roadmap, and it just continues to get bigger and bigger. And Dan McGowan also includes uh, various things for foodies and birthdays and COVID numbers. And Dan McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind, anyone listening, how they can uh start getting roadmap yeah i know the joke is that you know you can't be all things to all people i gotta tell you we try our best because, yes very you know, much so we try to make you smile we try to make you think about you know the food and the dining scene in, in rhode island we made a real big investment in that and there's lots of great coverage on the globe's website um and then you know from me you're gonna get analysis sometimes you're gonna get breaking news sometimes you're just gonna get here's the story of the day and you know a, a little quick take on that you get all the coverage from all my colleagues uh, you know, whether it's politics, the stuff that Amanda Milkovitz is just, uh, you know, uncovering continuously in North Kingstown. And it's very simple. It all comes to you in, a, in one email every morning, uh, free email. Just send me a blank email, rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com, and you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Folks, he's Dan McGowan. Dan McGowan, great job as always, and we'll talk to you again. John, talk to you soon. Thanks. Brothers Disposal. Call them today, 401-688-0517. Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway. You can clean out unwanted belongings. Maybe clean out your garage. Clean out your basement. Clean out your attic. Old toys. Old things you don't even use anymore. Old furniture. It's so much easier when you have a dumpster delivered right to your home, and then they'll take it away when you're done, whether it's for a weekend, for a week, for a month, Brothers Disposal. Call Brother Roland today at 401-688-0517. 401-688-0517. Come on, brother. Call Brothers Disposal. Look for them on Facebook. They have those purple dumpsters. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brothers Disposal today, whether it's a small household construction project or maybe just cleaning out some unwanted belongings. Get a dumpster in your driveway or business. Brothers Disposal, 401 401- 688 